wa ismail and ismail meaning also remember ismail wa idris wa dhul kifl idris and dhul kifl kullun all of them min as-sabirin they were all from the patient they were all very patient ismail alayhi salam we know about him that even as a baby he was tested even as a baby when he was thirsty when he was hungry when he was under the sun in the open desert and his mother had to run back and forth looking for something by which they could stay alive imagine a baby going through that and then ismail alayhi salam as he grows older what happens his father comes one day and says i have to slaughter you and then his father is not there all the time is that not a test imagine growing up while your parents are away one of your parents is constantly away that is a test it's very difficult many children they hate the fact that their parents are busy they're always away and we accept it because it's for business it's for work it's for whatever reason the mother comforts the son or the daughter that it's okay your dad is gone for us for our good he's gone to do something good you know to make money inshallah he'll be back right you comfort your children daddy's gone to work he will be back in the evening right on the weekend we will do this with daddy but ibrahim alayhisalam is not away for one day and he's not away to make money he's away why because of the deen of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so ismail alayhisalam he grew up like this this was a huge test what does allah say kullum min as-sabirin he was from the patient he was never angry with allah that ya allah why did you decree this for me this is not fair i want to live a normal happy life too kullum min as-sabirin idris alayhi salam he was one of the first prophets an early prophet before nuh alayhi salam remember that nuh alayhi salam was a messenger he was a rasul and idris alayhi salam was a nabi wa dhul kifl dhul kifl he was a prophet who was sent to the bani israel now with regards to idris alayhi salam dhul kifl we don't know much about them what exactly happened in their lives what trials and difficulties they went through about dhul kifl It is said that he is one of the prophets who is mentioned in biblical records but Allahu alam if he is actually that prophet there is also dispute over that some people say that Dhulkifl was Buddha okay Allahu alam we are no ones to say that he was so and so or he was so and so in the Quran his name is mentioned but his stories are not mentioned in the sunnah also we don't know much about Dhulkifl but It is said that Dhulkifl he was one of the prophets sent to Bani Israel he was from the Bani Israel and remember that the Bani Israel they were tested severely right there was a time when Bukht al-Nasr he attacked the Bani Israel right he killed their people so many of them and he expelled them from their lands and so many of them were taken as captives it is said that this prophet of Allah Dhulkifl was also taken as a captive by the Romans and he lived in captivity for a very long time he went through such hardship but throughout that hardship he kept doing da'wah he kept calling people to allah he kept calling bani israel to repent to do islah to change their ways now there are stories the exact details allahu a'lam but the lesson that allah is teaching us here is kullun min as-sabirin all were patient what does that mean they were all tested severely and at times of difficulty they did not give up they were patient they were consistent in their worship of allah whether they were imprisoned or they were free whether they were hungry 
or they were well fed. They had trust in Allah. كُلُّ مِّنَ الصَّابِرِينَ وَأَدْخَلْنَاهُمْ And we admitted them فِي رَحْمَتِنَا In our mercy. We admitted them into our mercy. We changed their state for the better. We changed bad times into good times. إِنَّهُمْ Indeed they مِنَ الصَّالِحِينَ They were of the righteous. Remember Yusuf he was in the jail and what did the people say to him? We see you as a muhsin. We see you as a good person. Even in jail. And Allah says over here about the prophets of Allah that they went through a lot of hardship but إِنَّهُمْ مِنَ الصَّالِحِينَ They were all righteous despite the adversities they faced. Think about it. If you're going with your family on a very long road trip road trip, okay? And 15 hours, let's say, one way. At the beginning, everybody's really excited, right? Everybody's happy, everybody's fine. But then what happens after 3-4 hours? Don't touch me. Don't look out through my window. This is my side. And hey, I've been sitting in the back seat for 5 hours, and now you pick a fight with your brother, you come in the back and let me go in the front. Right? It starts to happen. As the difficulty gets worse, as it gets longer and longer, we begin to lose our patience. Then we don't care about anybody. We only care about ourselves. If you're stuck at the airport for five hours, for six hours, and you, of course, when we travel, we have a lot of extra baggage, right? And you have been charged with one carry-on, okay? You keep it with yourself for a few hours, and then you tell your brother, you know what, I'm not pulling it. You want it? You carry it. You drag it. I'm done. I'm done. So we begin to lose our righteousness as we go through the grind, as we go through some difficulty. And that means that that righteousness is not still part of our character. It was just something that was worn on the outward. Because when a person is made to go through difficulty, then what happens? His reality comes out. His reality comes out. Allah says about the prophets, إِنَّهُمْ مِنَ الصَّالِحِينَ Indeed, they were all righteous despite the adversities they faced. وَذَنُّونِ And also remember, the noon. The, this is like ذُو or the. What does it mean? Possessor. Right? That's how we generally translate it. But it doesn't just mean one who possesses something. As in one who owns something. But you can say one off. Okay, meaning the man of, the person of, anun. What is anun? Not the letter noon. Okay, anun means fish. So the nuni meaning the man of the fish. Who is he? The man of the fish, Yunus alayhi salam. Whenever you hear about a whale or a big fish, instantly which prophet comes to your mind? Yunus alayhi salam. He's identified with the Big fish. So then noon, and this is said out of love, just like Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu. You know, he loved cats. He was always seen with cats. So this is why he was called Abu Huraira, father of the kittens, right? So wadhanuni idhahaba, when he went out, when he left, when he went off, mughaliban in anger. Mughalib. You know, one who's really been angered. Ghain dadba ghadab. Anger. So he wasn't just a little upset, he had had enough of his people. 
Because we learned that Yunus alayhi salam, he did da'wah to his people, he even warned them that if you don't believe, then there will be punishment. But when they didn't listen, he got upset and he went. He left them. He said, you know what, I'm leaving and the punishment of Allah will come on you and I don't care about you anymore. So he got upset. And this is something that is normal for a human being. I mean, you can only tell somebody something a few times. You can't tell them over and over and over again. How long can you wait? You have to move on. But remember that a prophet of Allah, he cannot leave his work at his own will. He cannot do that. He has to wait for Allah's hukum. This is just like the Prophet ﷺ. Could he do hijrah from Mecca to Medina? At his own volition? He couldn't. He was waiting for Allah's command. When the permission came, then he left. Then he went. So Yunus ﷺ, he got upset with his people and he left. فَظَنَّ Then he thought, on that, لَن never نَقْدِرَ we would decree alayhi against him. He never thought that Allah would decree something against him. Against who? Against Yunus salam. Why? Because he didn't think he was doing something wrong. This doesn't mean that he thought that Allah will cannot, is not able to catch him. This is not the meaning over here. Because if a person thinks like that, that Allah cannot catch me, Allah cannot hold me accountable, that is kufr in a way. Naqdira alayhi means decree something against him. Meaning punish him. Disapprove of what he did. That's what Yunus salam thought. So in other words, when he left, he didn't leave while thinking something negative about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He thought he was doing good. He was doing the right thing. Some have said that لَن نَقْدِرَ قَدْر over here gives the meaning of to tighten, to restrict. Like Laylatul Qadr. Why is it called the night of Al-Qadr? Because that is the night when so many angels descend on the earth that there is no space. Right? So restriction. فَمَنْ قُدِرَ عَلَيْهِ رِزْقُهُ His rizq is قُدِرَ عَلَيْهِ Is restricted on him. Tighten. So, in other words, Yunus salam never thought that some difficulty would be created in his affair. He thought Allah would overlook this. So first of all, what we learned here is that he didn't think he was doing something wrong. And secondly, even if he thought he was doing something wrong, he didn't think that Allah would punish him. He thought Allah will overlook this. Do we ever do something wrong? <laughs> Thinking, having similar thoughts? Hmm? This is when we do something wrong, right? Either we justify ourselves, we say, I am perfectly right in behaving like this. It's perfectly fine for me to show this much anger and show this much frustration. Why? Because I'm in so much pain. Right? Like for example, if a person is being very irritable, Right? And he's snapping back and forth at everyone. Sometimes we do that. What do we say? If somebody asks us, what happened to you? Who bit you? What's our response? Do you have any idea how I'm feeling right now? Do you have any idea about how bad my head hurts? Do you have any idea about how much work I have to do? We justify it, right? We justify it. We think it's perfectly fine for us because we're going through hardship. Hey, I'm in pain. Okay, you have the license to sin. This is what we think. No rules for us. No limits apply to us now. Or, what's the other thing? We think that Allah will forgive. 
Allah will overlook this. It's okay. No big deal. Look at all the big sins that other people do. Nothing happens to them. I'm sure Allah will overlook my mistake. I'm sure Allah will overlook my bad choice. So, But what happened? Allah did decree something against him. And Allah did tighten the matters for him. And what happened? Yunus left his people, went to the sea, got onto a ship. And as that ship was sailing, there was a storm and people decided to get rid of an individual. They didn't know who. So they drew lots and Yunus salam's name kept coming up over and over again. So eventually they had to throw him in the water. And they did that. And what happened? A whale came and swallowed him. A whale came and swallowed him whole. A huge whale. And don't be surprised by that because whales are huge. Fish can be really, really big. And yes, many fish like sharks, they have over 250 teeth, sharp teeth. Okay, but there are other fish also whose teeth are very, very little, and they don't, you know, rip through the skin of the food that they're eating. All right, you know, for instance, a whale. What does it eat? Krill, right? And krill is like tiny shrimp, and it swallows them whole. It just opens up its mouth, and it's like a, everything goes into that room. Okay, so Yunus Alisana was swallowed by the fish. How long did he stay in that fish? Allahu Alam. Where exactly was he in that fish? In the mouth, in the stomach, where? Allahu A'lam. Allah knows best. All we know is that he was swallowed by the fish. But one thing for sure is that he was in darkness. He was in darkness. Because imagine being trapped inside the belly of an animal. Of course there's no light there. And then if it's in the depths of the oceans, no light. If it's nighttime, then again, no light. So in that darkness, فَنَادَى فِي الظُّلُمَاتِ He called out in the darknesses. The darkness of the belly of the fish, of the sea, the depths of the ocean, of the night. But it wasn't just physical darkness. There was also the darkness of sadness, of regret, of guilt, of the unknown future. Not knowing if the tawbah would be accepted. But what did he do anyway? Fanada فِي He called out to Allah from within those darknesses. And this is the only way out of darkness. The only way out of darkness. Call upon Allah. He called out. And what did he say? أَمْ that لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا أَنْتَ there is no God worthy of worship but you, O Allah. Subhanaka. Perfect are you. I was wrong. You don't deserve this from your servant. I was wrong. You are perfect. And if you put me in that test, in that difficulty, still you are perfect. And if you have put me in this difficulty now, still you are perfect. Who's at fault? Inni kuntu min Indeed, I am of those who are wrong. I have done something wrong here. It's my mistake. He confessed. He blamed himself. He did not blame Allah. He did not question Allah's decision. He did not question Allah's decree. He accepted that if Allah made this decision for me, then He is perfect. And I am at fault. He took responsibility of his sin, of his mistake. And when he did that, what happened? فَاسْتَجَبْنَا لَهُ So we responded to him. 
We answered him also. وَنَجَّيْنَاهُ And we saved him من الْغَمْ From the distress. Which distress? Which grief? Which worry? Imagine he was in the fish. He didn't know whether he was going to come out. Whether he was going to survive. And you wonder, if you've been swallowed by a fish, why aren't you being eaten up? Why are you still alive? What's going on? And then that غَمْ That regret, that guilt... Why did I leave my work? Why did I leave my people? Why didn't I wait for Allah's command? I rushed it. I was too hasty. وَنَجَّيْنَاهُ مِنَ الْغَمْ You see, we as people make mistakes. It doesn't matter who we are, how much knowledge we have, what beautiful past life we have lived. When we are human beings, we will make mistakes. And mistakes, sins, what do they bring to us? غَمْ Sadness, depression, guilt, worry, fear. And that is ghulmah, that is darkness. And it's very unhealthy to live in this darkness. You have to get out of that darkness of guilt, of worry, of fear. You have to get out of it. How do you get out of it? Call out to Allah. فَنَادَى فِي الظُّلُمَاتِ And say, لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا أَنْتَ سُبْحَانَكَ إِنِّي كُنْتُ مِنَ الظَّالِمِينَ Allah says, وَكَذَلِكَ نُنْجِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ Thus, do we save the believers. And notice, المؤمنين, all the believers. Meaning, this is not just for Yunus salam, But this is true for every believer who has made a mistake. When he will call upon Allah, confessing his mistake, Seeking Allah's mercy, then Allah will save him also. Allah will take him out of that darkness. Allah will take him out of that difficulty. In a hadith we learn that no Muslim ever prays to his Lord with these words. Which words? The words of Yunus alayhi salam. La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu min al-zalimeen. No Muslim ever prays to his Lord with these words for anything but that Allah will answer his prayer. Allah will answer him. Allah will not return him empty-handed. You see, when we find ourselves in trouble, okay, that we are suffering, we are in difficulty because of our own mistake, there's two options we have over there. Either stay in that darkness, or try to get out of it. Iblis, what did he do? What did he do? He stayed in that darkness, right? And he went deeper and deeper in that darkness. But we see that Adam a.s., Yunus a.s., when they made mistakes, what did they do? They tried to get out of that darkness. And how did they do that? By calling on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if a person doesn't try to get out of it, then that darkness will be his life and will be his akhirah. In the Qur'an we learn Surah Al-Safat, Ayah 143 and 144. Had Yunus not been of those who do tasbih, he would have remained inside the belly of the fish until the day they are resurrected. Until the day of resurrection, he would have remained in that state. He wouldn't have been able to come out in other words. There is no way he could have found out of that whale. La malja'a wa la manja minka illa ilayk. There is no refuge, no running away, no shelter, nothing from Allah except with Allah. 
You cannot hide. You cannot run away from your problems, from the difficulty that you're in, except through the rope of Allah. Wazakariya, and also remember Zakariya. Idnada Rabbahu, when he called out to his Lord, Rabbi la tadarni fardan. Oh my Lord, please don't leave me alone. La tadarni fardan. Who is fard? Alone, individual. What does he mean by that? He didn't have a wife? He wasn't married? He was married, he had a wife. Then what does this mean? He wanted to have children. Children who would be heirs to him who would learn from him and would continue his mission. So he said, Oh my Lord, do not leave me alone with no heir. وَأَنْتَ And you are خَيْرُ الْوَارِثِينَ Best of the inheritors. Meaning, you shall remain when all will die. And oh Allah, if you decide that I should not have an heir, if you decide that I should not have a child, I'm okay with that. Look at the dua over here. My dua is that you do not leave me alone. But if you decide to leave me alone, I will not mind. If no one else is my heir, I have conviction that you are the best heir. You will cause my work to continue even when I am gone. وَأَنْتَ خَيْرُ الْوَارِثِينَ This doesn't mean that Zakariya was not determined in his dua. He was determined. He was very hopeful. Which is why he called out to Allah despite the fact that he had... His hair was all white. His bones were frail. His wife was barren. I mean the fact that he was making dua in that state shows that he had hope in Allah. But at the same time, he says, Ya Allah, if you decree otherwise, I'm okay with that also. Because every decree of yours is good. So what happened? فَاسْتَجَبْنَا لَهُ So we responded to him. وَوَهَبْنَا لَهُ And we granted him, we gifted to him. Yahya, Yahya. Allah answered him also. Allah fulfilled his wish also. And how did he have a child? Wa And we reformed. We amended. Aslahna from Islah to fix something. So we amended Lahu for him Zawjahu, his wife. His wife had been barren all her life. She never had any children. And at that extreme old age, what happened? Allah fixed her system, her reproductive system. And so she had a baby at that age. Because you see, whether it's our respiratory system or our reproductive system or any system in the body, who can fix it? Allah can fix it. وَأَصْلَحْنَا لَهُ زَوْجَهِ إِنَّهُمْ About all the prophets, Allah says, Indeed they, كَانُوا They used to, يُسَارِعُونَ فِي الْخَيْرَاتِ They used to hasten in good. They used to rush in good. They didn't delay وَيَدْعُونَنَا And they would call upon us رَغَبًا In hope وَرَهَبًا And in fear Remember these words A. Firstly They rushed in doing good They didn't delay If a good opportunity came up They availed it They didn't delay till next year They didn't delay till Maybe sometime Maybe someday No They did it And secondly وَيَدْعُونَنَا رَغَبًا وَرَهَبًا They used to call upon Allah in hope and fear. What is رَغَب? رَغَبًا رَغَيْنْبَ رَغَبًا Inclination. Hope. When do you incline towards someone? When you have hope that you'll get something. So they always had hope in Allah. They made dua with hope. وَرَهَبًا And at the same time with fear. 
They never exceeded the bounds of respect. وَكَانُوا لَنَا خَاشِعِينَ And they were to us humbly submissive, obedient and compliant. This is the reason why Allah accepted their prayers. Because if you think about it, all of these prophets, what is mentioned here? Their du'as. When is it that a person makes du'a? When he finds himself needy. Were the prophets needy? Were the prophets needy? They were always needy. One was needy for health. One was needy for children. One was needy for getting out of crisis. Whatever need it was, they were needy. And in that state of neediness, what did they do? They turned to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In two ways. First of all, through khayrat, through good actions. And secondly, through dua. These are the two ways of having our du'as, our wishes granted. And what is that? Do good. Get closer to Allah. And secondly, call on Him. But how? With hope and fear. Have hope that Allah can do this. He can fix the problem for you. And also have fear of Allah. What kind of fear? That never exceed the bounds of respect. And be humbly submissive. وَالَّتِي أَحْصَنَتْ فَرُجَهَا And also mention the woman, the girl. How could you forget a girl? Don't forget her. She who أَحْصَنَتْ فَرُجَهَا أَحْصَنَتْ She guarded. She fortified. أَحْصَنَتْ is from إِحْصَان حِصْن حِصْنُ Muslim. What is that? Fortification. Right? So she guarded فَرْجَهَا her private part. Farj literally is private part. What this means is that she guarded her chastity. Meaning she never committed anything haram with her private parts. Never. She did not commit zina. She was a virgin. What happened? فَنَفَخْنَا فِيهَا So we blew into her. مِرْرُوحِنَا From our ruh. Our ruh meaning the ruh that belongs to Allah, that Allah has created. And whose ruh is this referring to? Of Isa salam. وَجَعَلْنَاهَا And we made her. So who is this woman? Who is this girl? Maryam. We made her. وَبْنَهَا And also her son. Both of them were made. آيَةً A sign, a miracle لِلْعَالَمِينَ For the people of the worlds. For all of mankind. For all people to come. Both were a miracle. How was Maryam a miracle? How was she an ayah? First of all, if you think about her birth. And the way she ended up in the Bayt al-Maqdis. Only girl, only woman. And then when she's staying there, how she receives heavenly food to the point that a prophet of Allah is surprised. Anna laki hada. And then she conceives, she becomes pregnant without a man ever touching her. She was a miracle. How was her son a miracle? Wabnaha ayah. How? He was born without a father. He spoke as a baby. He performed miracles as a prophet. And then he was lifted up to the heavens. A miracle. Lalameen for the worlds. The story of Maryam and Isa. What does that teach us? Nothing is difficult for Allah. Nothing is difficult for Allah. It doesn't matter whether the asbab are there or they're not there. Allah can do whatever He wants. So have hope in Allah. When you find that all the doors are closed, have hope in Allah. Allah will create a way. Allah will open a door. He will make a way out. Have faith in Him. Have trust in Him. Imagine Yunus salam being trapped in the belly of the fish in the middle of the ocean, doesn't even know where he is, doesn't even know if there's any land nearby. First of all, how do you fight that fish and try to get out? How? And then if you do get out, where do you go? Who can take you out? Only Allah. Ayatan lil alamin. 
believe that Allah can do anything. He is Al-Qadir. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. وَإِسْمَاعِيلَ وَإِدْرِيسَ وَذَا الْكِفْلِ كُلٌّ مِّنَ الصَّابِرِينَ وَأَدْخَلْنَاهُمْ فِي رَحْمَتِنَا إِنَّهُمْ مِّنَ الصَّالِحِينَ وَذَنُّونِ إِذْ ذَهَبَ مُغَاضِبًا فَظَنَّ أَن لَّن نَّقْدِرَ عَلَيْهِ فَنَادَى فَنَادَى فِي الظُّلُمَاتِ أَن لَّا إِلَٰهَ إِلَّا أَنتَ سُبْحَانَكَ إِنِّي كُنتُ مِنَ الظَّالِمِينَ فَاسْتَجَبْنَا لَهُ وَنَجَّيْنَاهُ مِنَ الْغَمِّ وَكَذَٰلِكَ نُنجِي الْمُؤْمِنِينَ وَزَكَرِيَّا والتي أحصنت فرجها فنفخنا فيها من روحنا وجعلناها وجعلناها وبنها آية للعالمين إن هذه indeed this أمتكم your أمّة أمّة واحدة one أمّة a single Ummah. The word Ummah from the root letters Hamza mean Meem. What does it mean? A nation, a community. It's basically used for a group of people that may be spread out over time, over different places. People may be from very diverse backgrounds. However, there is something in common uniting them. And in our case, what is that one thing that unites the Ummah, that gives them the title Ummah? Islam. So in هَذِهِ أُمَّتُكُمْ This is your ummah, your nation, ummatan wahida, one nation. وَأَنَا رَبُّكُمْ And I am your Lord, فَعْبُدُونِي So worship me. This is the religion. This is what this nation is about. What joins us together is our religion. And remember that the word ummah doesn't just apply to nation, but it also applies to religion. It also applies to religion. Nation Religion. Ummah has four meanings. First is nation. Another is religion. The third meaning is leader. Remember Ibrahim a.s. kana ummah. Leader. And fourthly, ummah also means a period of time. A period of time. And in the Qur'an, the word ummah has been used in all these four meanings. So over here we can understand ummah as nation. That this is one nation. All of the prophets, all of the prophets, don't think them to be different from you. No, they brought the same message, the same religion. Whether it was Ibrahim alayhi salam, or it was Idris, or Dhul Kifl, or 
داود اور سلیمان اور یحیا زکریا یونس ایوب آل دا پروفٹس آف اللہ وٹ واز دیئر ریلیجن وٹ واز دا میسج دیٹ دے براٹ اٹ واز دا سیم ون نیشن ون ریلیجن ون پیپل ون گاڈ و ان رب What makes us one is the fact that we believe in one God. All the prophets brought the same message. Belief in one God. وَأَنَا رَبُّكُمْ فَعْبُدُونَ And this is what keeps us together. And when people turn away from the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah becomes less important to them and something else becomes more important to them. whether it is their worldly life or it is an individual or you know some benefits of the dunya whatever it may be that becomes a center of their lives then what happens division wataqattu amrahum bainahum and they cut up they split up meaning they divided amrahum their affair which affair the affair of religion bainahum between themselves why because the focus changed the focus should have been who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That whether I'm going through difficulty or through ease, I am journeying towards Allah. Whether this person is from the same background as mine or completely different, they believe in the same God as I believe in. This is what keeps a person firm on religion, belief in Allah, and this is what keeps the Muslims together also. But when people forget Allah other things become important to them, then division happens. وَتَقَطَّعُوا أَمْرَهُمْ بَيْنَهُمْ And this is what we see over time. All the prophets brought the message of Tawheed. But what happened to the followers of Musa a.s.? What happened to the followers of Isa a.s.? Each one separated. Why? Because the focus shifted. كُلٌّ all إِلَيْنَا to us رَاجِعُونَ They will return. Everyone is coming back to Allah. He will judge. In Surah Al-Mu'minun, Ayah 53 also we learn, فَتَقَطَّعُوا أَمْرَهُمْ بَيْنَهُمْ زُبُرًا كُلُّ حِزْبٍ بِمَا لَدَيْهِمْ فَرِحُونَ But the people divided their religion among them into sects. Each faction in what it has is rejoicing. The Prophet ﷺ said, We prophets are brothers from different mothers and our religion is one. Doesn't mean literally. This is figurative. Meaning all the prophets are from the same family. We all have something in common. And what is that? The aqidah, the belief that we brought, the faith that we brought, the message that we brought. And yes, each prophet brought different teachings in the sense that people were taught different things to do. So for instance, the laws that Isa salam brought were slightly different from the laws that the Prophet ﷺ brought. The sharia was different. However, essentially the message was the same. And what was that message? Worship Allah alone. فَمَنْ يَعْمَلْ مِنَ الصَّالِحَاتِ So whoever does righteous deeds, any person, whoever he may be, if he does righteous deeds, وَهُوَ مُؤْمِنٌ While he is a believer, with iman he performs righteousness, even though he's going through adversity. Or he has it very easy. Regardless of his state, what Allah wants is what? Iman and amal salih. While our focus many times is on our physical condition. Whereas, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَنظُرُ إِلَى صُوَرِكُمْ وَأَمْوَالِكُمْ Allah does not look at your faces, your appearances and your wealth because He's the one who gave that to you in the first place. He gave that to us in the first place. What He looks at 
What is more important to him is what? قُلُوبِكُمْ وَأَعْمَالِكُمْ Your heart and your actions. So the one who performs righteous deeds while being a believer, Allah says, فَلَا كُفْرَانَ لِسَعْيِهِ Then there is no kufran, there is no rejection. There will be absolutely no rejection لِسَعْيِهِ for his striving, for the sa'i, for the effort that he's putting. What is sa'i? When you go for Umrah, what is sa'i? When you have to go back and forth between Safa and Marwa. Is that easy? It's not easy. It's a pretty long walk. And then for men, for a certain distance in the middle, they even have to run. That is sari. Walking, running, not stopping, you know, going on and on, striving. This is sari. And sometimes, worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also becomes a sari. That also becomes a huge effort. Given your physical condition, given your emotional state, given your mental state, because of the difficulties that you're enduring, you have to strive really, really hard to get up and do something, to get up and worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to raise your hands and make dua. It becomes a sari, an effort. And Allah says, فَلَا كُفْرَانَ لِسَعِيهِ The one who strives, there will be no rejection of his sari. What does that mean? What does that mean? The more you strive in Allah's way, the more reward you will get. Nothing of your striving will be rejected. The word kufran is from kufr. Kafara. What does kafara literally means? To cover. Kafir is also used for the night because it covers everything. And then ingratitude is also called kufr because it's like you're covering, you're concealing the favors that someone has done to you. So kufran is to reject someone's favor, to not acknowledge the good that was done, to hide someone's ihsan, to hide someone's gift, to hide someone's efforts, not acknowledge them, not appreciate them. Allah says, فَلَهَا كُفْرَانَ لِسَعِيهِ don't, never expect this from Allah, that He will not appreciate your striving. وَإِنَّا لَهُ كَاتِبُونَ And indeed we for it are writing. We are recording everything. Everything is being written. Everything is being recorded. You know, recently somebody mentioned to me about how they met an individual and they were giving them a ride basically. And this individual was on a wheelchair. So they helped them sit in the car. And they said that every few minutes this person would look up at the sky and just smile. And smile. So, I mean, she found this a little strange. So she asked her that, how come you're smiling? You know, if a person sitting next to you is smiling every few moments, you'd wonder, what's so nice? Tell me so I can also smile. So this individual told her her life story about how she ended up in a very bad car accident and she was enduring a lot of physical pain because of the injuries that she had suffered. And she says that every time she feels that intense pain, she looks up and smiles. Because he said, every time I have pain, I know that Allah is especially watching me. I know that He's specially paying attention to me. Because I am feeling pain, and the people around me are not feeling the same pain. And when I go through that pain, I know that my Lord is remembering me. So I smile at that. فَلَا كُفْرَانَ لِسَعْيِهِ وَإِنَّا لَهُ كَاتِبُونَ Each pang, each difficulty, each moment is being recorded. 
Because Allah does not waste the reward of those who do ihsan. In Surah Al-Isra, Ayah 19, Allah says, وَمَنْ أَرَادَ الْآخِرَةَ وَسَعَى لَهَا سَعْيَهَا وَهُوَ مُؤْمِنٌ فَأُولَٰئِكَ كَانَ سَعْيُهُمْ مَشْكُورًا Whoever desires the home of the hereafter and exerts the effort due to it while he is a believer, it is those whose effort is ever appreciated by Allah. So why keep waiting for acknowledgement from people? Why keep waiting for motivation, for words of praise and encouragement from people. It is lillah, it is for Allah. He will acknowledge, He will duly appreciate. Recitation. And um, he goes to the hospital, all his lungs, kidneys, everything, they are failed, right? So he's in crucial pain. Like sometimes doctors have to give him, uh, uh, you know, like anesthesia or something to keep him uh, under dose so he doesn't wake up because there's so much pain that he can't bear it. So yesterday I was uh, looking at him in Skype. He goes for dialysis every three days. <laughs> and when he comes back from it, he cannot move from his bed for two days. <laughs> and by the time he's able to get up, he has to go back again. So when I was looking at him like that, I didn't know what to say to him to make him feel better. And I was saying all these things that, you know, prophets are being tested the most. And, you know, if Allah has chosen you, there's a reason behind it. But it felt like nothing, you know, I can't help him in any way. And I was just thinking, and Alhamdulillah, he wasn't complaining or anything. But I was thinking, like, when people go through these hard difficulties in life, is because we who are healthy can learn from it and thank Allah and yet we are so heedless we look at people who are in difficulty and we just walk away and I feel Allah put these people through difficulties for us so you know we should all always thank Allah for our health for money, for luxury, for this country where there is a health system. Like in Pakistan, people who are poor, who are going through, uh, you know, health difficulties, first they are sick, and then second, they can't even afford to get better. So, and also you should say the dua that I've already mentioned, I think, once before. Alhamdulillah, that, you know, may Allah protect us and get the other person cured as well. And you see your body, you don't have control over it, right? 
But if the body is sick, if the body is lying motionless and the heart is alive, a person can still be at peace. You can still be at peace. This is why it's so important to take care of our heart. To keep it healthy. 